listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas, but all joking aside, it feels like this fellow for the Vikings... It's like he's, I don't want to say obstinate, but it's like I'm not taking it, whatever the consequences are. That's your sense, McKenzie? Yes, he's had a 27-year career. He said it's not worth it for one more year. It was, uh, yeah, that was my sense as well. And the question is, when you say not worth it, did we get any sense in the reporting? And McKenzie first, and then Jonas, if you've got anything... Uh, that that what he felt like this um, trade off was, uh, as in not worth it. What was the negative to him? All I've seen is that he refused to take it. No rationale I've seen in the reporting. Have you seen anything, Josh? Uh, I I've just seen that he refused to take it. Yeah, I haven't seen any sort of you know what the future was. That, that he was on his way out after this year or anything like that. He just didn't want to be a part of it. So we're going to speculate here, and let's say it. Because then it's fine. We don't want to act like we know something we don't know. But it strikes me this doesn't make logical sense unless it's representative of something to that person. Meaning, the flag. Let's say burning the flag. There's some people that wouldn't burn the flag. You know, maybe even at the penalty of death. Right? There's people that really feel that strongly about it. It's not that that piece of cloth means anything to him. It's what the flag represents. I don't think anyone, and there could be, but I don't think anyone thinks the mathematics of it. Even if you believe, you know, extreme reporting, or not even reporting, but 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 rumors or however you want to say it, of there's been 450,000 people that died from the vaccine. And again, this is something you'll see on the fringes. And I'm not, listen. What I know for sure is the government's not telling you everything. I know that for sure. I don't have any idea what real numbers are, whatever. So I, I'm, I have no opinion on it. But there is a belief system. Now, I guess my opinion is I don't know. That's my opinion. I got, I got an opinion. I just don't know enough to have a take on. I, I look around. I don't see a lot of people dropping dead from it. But it doesn't mean that it's not more risky than maybe the numbers so far coming from the government are telling you, because we all know you don't have to read too much to know that the government is going to do what's best for the government. And that's not just United States. That's pretty much everywhere. So I don't think people who are skeptical of the vaccine are dumb. I don't think they're crazy. Amongst the group that's skeptical, I can't really tell you what the logic is with all of them. I know generally it's like this is more dangerous than it seems like, than they're telling us. Seems to be the feeling. Jonas, I mean, you are on social media a good bit. Would you say, and again, not trying to say if it's right or wrong, but 
it's more dangerous than they're telling us seems to be the general negativity that the, those that are anti-vaccine are putting out there. Would you say that's correct? Yeah, I think there's a feeling that the pressure to get it you know, it, it, it's it's a little bit odd, and and some people will point to you know the amount you know the vaccines you get as a kid and and all of that, but you know to go from you know uh, all of this, you feel like you're being painted into a corner that they're telling you you have to do this or this is going to happen. I just think some people have felt a little bit I don't know if threatened is the right word, but but the uh, pressure bullied bullied yeah, yeah, pressure, yeah, pressure, yeah pressure that's that's a good word. And then also the fact that if they decide not to do it, you know their wishes aren't respected instead they're picked on and and ridiculed and mocked for it um and i think that sort of has led to this this line in the sand where if one side is here the other side is there and and if you're on the opposite you're in the wrong which is where we are and i think what you're saying is a variation on what i'm saying is the mathematics of what they believe the risks of the vaccine are part of it, but not enough, you would think, to quit a job, a high-paying job over. But then you add in, I'm not going to be told what to do, that mentality, which is American. right? I'm not saying in every case it's right, but it's American. And, and also, I do want to point out that the Vikings did release a statement a short time ago in regards to the situation. They said uh, the Vikings continue to hold discussions with offensive line coach Rick Dennison regarding the NFL, NFLPA COVID-19 protocol, protocols for training camp and preseason games. At this time, Coach Dennison does not have an exemption to the vaccine requirements Whoa. of those protocols. We will adhere to the requirements of the protocols and of applicable law. So it feels like the door is not completely shut. Which is very, I got to tell you, that is fascinating. Yeah. Because what's going to happen is, I wonder if it's the, and again, speculating, is it the NFL that's saying, hey, let's try to smooth this over? Yeah. Because this could really create, the last thing the NFL wants is the 40% or whatever that aren't necessarily anti-vaccine, but are sympathetic with that political side. And again, I think 40, 40, 20 in the middle is a pretty good guess in the kind like President Trump never went under 40, right? So even during the worst times, public perception wise didn't. And no president's ever gone over 60. I mean, they will like for like George H.W. after the invasion uh, to free Kuwait or whatever. That was he was up at 87. But I mean, and over any period of time, there's not going to, you know, 64. You're fighting for the 20 in the middle, typically, politically. So if the NFL looks too draconian, too tough on those that are sympathetic for those that don't want the vaccine, that could cause some people to have... Now, listen, we can talk about the NBA's ratings and say it's unrelated, but I think it's almost unquestionable a certain percentage of those not watching the NBA has been kind of in protest to uh, an ethos that they don't agree with, the politi- you know, political beliefs that the NBA is front and center with, I think has turned some people off. Now, we can debate what percentage of the drop-off that is, but the last thing the NFL wants is that, it seems. Agreed. And the part that I'm still a little bit confused on, because he's considered a Tier 1 staff member, and the requirements for Tier 1 staff members are you must in order to get a pass from the NFL on taking the vaccine you must provide a quote valid religious or medical reason to do so i think we all maybe can understand what the medical reason what's what's the the religious requirements on that like what like what do you need to provide in order to get that sort of i mean you know, pass? i'm no authority but 
Is it there's the one where they don't even take act, and I don't want to say the one where they, I don't want to other them, but the uh, there's a religion in which like even aspirin or something is not okay. The, yeah. Mackenzie, you, you have any idea? They teach you at Yale. Christian science <laughs> believes, I believe that. Right, so Christian that. science apparently. Okay. So you could see there being, a, and again, that's a good way to cut, you know, and give the NFL credit. They're not going to try if it truly, you know, it's just like a conscientious objector in the war. Yeah. We can all laugh at that, but I mean, like Ali eventually received that status from the Supreme Court, right? Or he would have went to jail. So I, I, I don't know if there's much there other than them trying to cover their bases in, in a good way, I think. But but it does bring up a last point, at least to this part of the conversation. And we were, you know, on this yesterday, the whole conversation is does your political uh, side, is it almost where it should be a protected class? So the idea of a protected class is, okay, if you're a group that's been oppressed or where it's been hard, you know, the society at large has been hard on you, then you can't have a club that says no blacks or no Jews or no whatever that is a protected class. But you can say, I don't like, you know, uh, a certain, I don't like his personality, so I'm not letting him in my club. That's fine, right? That's a private club's right. Is it to the point now, if you're left and, or right, that the other side is going to try to oppress you if they can? I mean, I don't think it's possible to believe that in Silicon Valley, that if you come in, and there's been reports of this, if you're a big Trump guy in Silicon Valley, you're, it's, you're probably not going to get certain jobs. Yeah. And you could say in reverse in Texas or you know a hotbed of uh, you know right conservative politics that if you come in and you're you know a New York liberal you're going to have trouble. I mean I'm not trying to make it the same thing because obviously protected classes have uh, been oppressed and, and hurt for a long long time and in severe ways, but boy it does feel like these days it's gotten so hot politically. That if you're the other side, some kind of protections might be in order. I'm not saying the same. Last word on that, Jonas. Yeah, it's um, there's just no ability for people to to compartmentalize someone being a liberal or whatever their religious beliefs are nowadays, but still being a good person. Like uh, if if you believe in like, there's just no the ability to compartmentalize just doesn't seem to exist for a lot of people now. It's weird. And you know what? To some degree, I've often said this. If for most people who are against abortion, they believe that, it's, you know, it's a baby. So it's kind of, you know, it'd be hard for that person to say, yeah, I think you're doing this to a baby and it won't, no reason to even make it, you know, and, but, but Hey, I like you. And the same, you know, if you're on the left and you believe that Donald Trump was like Hitler, then it's kind of hard to say, Oh, you support Hitler, but I like you. I, I'm not saying they're right. I, what I'm saying is it gets so heated not just because they're they're taking things that don't matter and ramping them up, but the th- the stakes do matter so much that I guess I can see how they get there. But to me, the biggest problem with it is how does it ever resolve itself? 
I mean, when we were negotiating with Japan at the end of World War II, millions of people had died, or you know, hundreds of thousands of people had died. But it was still, we're going to talk to them to try to get a ceasefire, so let's, you know, the next people don't die. So I hear you, but I also can see from a zealot why they think like they do. I just don't understand where that goes. And if it really is important, you got to rise above that, I would think. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. So, RJ, ESPN's Mike Reese reported earlier today that Patriots co-offensive line coach Cole Popovich will not be with the team for at least 2021 in a decision related to the COVID-19 vaccine and the NFL guidelines. Uh, there was also a Jim, McGru- Jim McBride rather, of the Globe there in Boston who also reported, uh, and he was the first on it, that Popovich won't be with the team moving forward. So, speculation again here, but if you read the reporting on this, the terminology, and Mackenzie, you can kind of show the the sentences or the words that feel like this, it feels like this was a more mathematical probability because of specifics of Popovich's health circumstances. And again, we're not trying to speculate in places we shouldn't, but could you kind of give us an indication, Mackenzie, why you think that's the case? Sure. So instead of saying he's not with the team due to a refusal, in this instance with Popovich of the Patriots, it says he's not not with the team due to a decision, no noun, just a verb, a decision related to the COVID and NFL guidelines, as if nobody's making the decision, as if they regret having to let this guy go. And the very fact that they're not making it permanent, it does, and let's be candid, against speculation, but Belichick is no nonsense. If there was some sense that this guy's playing you know, games because of uh, politics, Belichick's not going to mess with that. I don't care what the politics are, right? He's going to get serious about winning football. That's his politics, right? And Vegas is about making money. Belichick is about winning games. It feels like this is being done with the least amount of negativity possible by the Patriots. So that makes me feel like there's more of a decision there. Does that feel right to you? We're guessing here, Jonas, but does that feel like a good guess? Yeah, and I also wonder if the Patriots saw some of the blowback the Vikings got for how they handled Dennison, and maybe the Patriots thought, you know, let, let's let's take a, a different approach in, into how we release the news here. Mackenzie, during the break, was making an interesting point. Let's say that the politics were a hundred yard football field. So one and one one yard line's the most extreme on the left, the other one yard line most extreme on the right. Now what's the best you could hope for if you have an apolitical league, meaning a league like the NFL that doesn't seem to have a political agenda? Well the fifty yard line, it seems like would be splitting it down the middle, baby. But the extreme people on the left think or the extreme people on both sides think that that decision is about 49 yards off. And yeah. you, the worst thing to do, the NBA, you're going to have where it, they seem to be proudly a progressive league politically. It's going to irritate some people on the right, but it's going to cause some people on the left to wrap their arms around it even more. So you can debate, is that worth it or not? But at least there's a benefit business-wise. Here, if you have both sides thinking the NFL did wrong, 
I'm not, that's not a winning situation. So to me, what the NFL wants more than anything is for this to be less of a story. And it feels like that's why I'm speculating with the Vikings, maybe because it became a story because of the seeming harshness of the Vikings' decision. It, it seems in the best interest of the NFL as a league to try to tamp that down. And I think that's what we're going to see here is how can the NFL maximize the chance that there isn't a COVID outbreak that actually affects games? And you can see them with the way they're saying game checks are going to be lost. They're taking that very seriously. But then if there has to be decisions made otherwise, let's try to make them with the least amount of press and the least amount of controversy, because you know what? They want to play games and they don't want to make anyone mad that, you know, cause of politics. That's the two goals of the NFL. And when it comes to this, and I think, and they, they want the welfare of the people, but let's be honest, that's not what they're thinking about. They're thinking about the money and I don't blame them. They're a business. Do you disagree with any of that, John? No, I think that this is still such a fluid situation that there's a lot of people that are finding themselves in in difficult spots. Like the Bills earlier, I want to say a few weeks ago, they came out and Sean McDermott, their head coach, acknowledged that, yeah, you know, if it came down to it uh, between choosing a player that was vaccinated and not vaccinated to make the roster, we would lean towards the player that was vaccinated. Well, they got a lot of pushback to where they had to come back around and say, well, you know, what we meant was this. And, and I feel get a similar vibe to what the Vikings did. The fact that they came out with the statement in which they said, no, 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 no. We're still in discussions about it. Feels to me like they, they, they saw some of the heat that was coming. They saw how it was perceived publicly. And now they're trying to sort of figure their way around this and sort of smooth it out. And I think there's a lot of people that are finding themselves in that spot right now. And I think this is something that not that long ago in the country we looked at, and let, let me give an example. Imagine you're a high school team or a college team, but you're not big division one, you're division three. It's a, it's a uh, basketball program and you have a choice of an assistant coach. And one of the assistant coaches is a typical person and able-bodied and the other one's in a wheelchair because of an accident years ago or something. Assuming that every facility the, the school used and every bus and everything. And again, maybe the handy uh, uh, compliant or whatever would be the case regardless. But at a time where it wasn't, and I'm not even sure if it is now, when it wasn't, if you look at the coach and he said, you know something, those two were tied and the two guys, but having to deal with that wheelchair all the time, I picked the other guy. As bad as that sounds, that's what human beings typically do all the time and to me if the bills are saying hey they're they're even and one guy's going to cause us a problem otherwise well who would say no take the problem guy the difference is when it's someone in a wheelchair that is there because of no choice of their own the better angels of our nature make us want to say we can't punish someone for that And I I agree that would be the goal, but we all know the distance between the ideal and reality, even in our own hearts, is there's a distance there. And to me, that Bill's answer makes a ton of sense. It also makes a ton of sense people are going to be offended by that because they're saying, hey, that person has a political belief. Why would he be punished? You know why? Because it's easier. And we do a lot of things as human beings because it's easier. Jonas, if you were the coach... Would you pick the guy in the wheelchair or not? 
Well, I wouldn't come out publicly and give the reason why I'm doing. Like that's that. I mean, that's that's just, a good it, answer. And, and and I and I think probably the NFL might have seen the Bills take that that direction and go, "Come on, man! Like we can't." Like we all understand what's happening here, but there's a way to go about it. You got to play the PR game sometimes, and and I think that there's some people that have fi- found themselves in tough spots in regards to that. And the money always wins. The money always wins, Jonas. <laughs> right out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. RJ, it is a Friday, which means we send people into the weekend with multiple best bets. We like Bill Murray and Caddyshack, where he didn't get, he got stiff by the Dalai Lama, but he had like eternal happiness. At least he had that going for him. We're going to give you four best bets, three of them in the UFC. First, AJ Hoffman. And actually, AJ's coming on full time with us. He uh, is still finishing up in Houston. This is like in a week he'll be here. And uh, he should be a key part of the show. He is a UFC expert and a radio, full-time radio guy. He's been winning a lot with these picks. I don't know what they are, so I'm going to say let's go to best bet number one. Best bet, Adrian Yanez by KO or TKO at minus 110. There's a fantastic matchup of two guys who are going to be looking for a big knockout win. They have a lot in common, but there's some key differences that lean me towards Yanez here. Yanez, a lifelong striker, boxed since he was a child, and it shows his technique is on par with the best guys in the UFC. Costa probably has more pure power. But Yanez has never been finished in a fight. The other thing that makes me like Yanez here is he's battle-tested. Costa was one of the least prepared guys to make it to the UFC on paper. Came in with a 4-0 record, less than three minutes of cage time. He's been to a second round once and looked completely gassed before he lost that fight. Yanez is battle-tested. He knows that surviving Costa's initial flurries is going to put him in the driver's seat where I think he gets a second-round finish. What do you think of that, Jonas? Yeah, I mean, uh, AJ would know better than I would as far as just the in-depth research on the amount of time he spent in the cage and all that. Like That's that's a real UFC expert. I don't have that sort of in-depth knowledge for sure. All right, all right. We'd like to get your opinion, though. You've been on a hot streak. Now, second and final one, best bet number two from AJ Hoffman main event, TJ Dillashaw, Corey Sanhagen. Uh, I'm going to go with Sanhagen inside the distance at minus 120. TJ's coming off a long drug suspension and now comes into this fight as a 35-year-old man, not the fresh-faced young buck that took 135 by storm back in 2014. Sanhagen, obviously on the short list of future contenders at Bantamweight, and after he blitzed through Frankie Edgar in 28 seconds, he solidified himself as a legend killer looking to take the torch. The next legend should be TJ here, who's not fought since 2019 has not won since 2018 his chin was already becoming a question back then it has to be a concern now it's hard to picture Dillashaw controlling him too much with his wrestling and if he can't keep Sanhagen on the mat it's almost impossible for me to picture this fight lasting five rounds Corey Sanhagen inside the distance minus 120 
What do you think of that, Jonas? That was exactly the pick that I was going to make, which is All why right, I double best bet, yeah, baby. Yeah, that was exactly the one. Uh, Sandhagen's awesome. His one recent loss was against Aljamain Sterling. It was sort of a caught him quick in a choke early in the fight. There was no real damage done, but since then, he's been dominant, including that great knockout, a knockout of the year contender against Frankie Edgar, who's one of the all-time greats. And then you got Dillashaw, as he pointed out, coming off a lengthy drug suspension to go five rounds against a killer in his prime like Corey Sanhagen. I think uh, he's a minus 200 favorite, a 2 to 1 favorite just to win the fight, but at minus 110 to 120, depending on where you look to win inside the distance, I love Sanhagen as well, too. I mean, think about this. We got the the pearl, the, the beautiful voice of Jonas, the knowledge. Obviously, AJ is a professional radio guy, both giving you UFC picks. I kind of feel <laughs> proud right now. I mean, for me, they had to give me a, a phonetic spelling on Na- San Hagen, and, and, and there were two of them, and they were spelled different. There was different <laughs> phonetic spellings on each of them. That's where I'm at with this stuff. Here's what I'll say. Moving to the NFL, I'll give a, a more detailed pick on this in the, uh, you know, in the next week or two, but I'll give you the pick pretty quick right here. I want the Bears to win the NFC North. Here's why. They got a new quarterback. I mean, they got their baseline with Andy Dalton, but there's a chance, and whenever you're picking an underdog, and we're getting four to one on this, four to one on the Bears. Whenever you're picking an underdog, you're worried about the top quartile of the performances they could give you. And the Bears could very well have quarterback play much better than Andy Dalton. If you're betting an over-under, you care about the top 50%. So you always got to ask yourself, what extremes are you looking at with the bet? And in this case, we're looking for a nice 4-1 to extreme. The Bears could be better. We know they at quarterback, we know they have a good defense. We can debate, has it fallen off a little bit? Now, for me, it's more about this. Minnesota, I wasn't totally sold on. Today's disruption, and it is going to be politically in that locker room, is a negative. And we know with Aaron Rodgers, there's a chance he won't even be there. But if he is, this is a guy that's had not great years, five of the last six years. The one year was when he was extra motivated. Is he going to be extra motivated now? I don't think so. Bears 4-1 to to win the division. We'll get into more details soon.